Welcome back for another episode of the Why I Quit Teaching Podcast. I am your hostess, Martina Robbins, MED, former educator and certified life and teacher transition coach. Let's get into today's transformative story. You're a teacher who's considering a career transition. You have come to the right place. On this podcast, we feature stories of teachers who are transitioning or who've already transitioned to other careers and are exploring their passions while they practice self-care, overcome limits and beliefs, and implement boundaries that help protect their peace. If you are a teacher who is ready to move up to the next level in your life and career, you are definitely in the right place. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Why I Quit Teaching Podcast. I am your hostess, Martita Robbins, MED, a certified educator who transitioned out of the classroom to pursue my passion of life coaching. What I like to do in today's episode is interview another former educator, talk about her journey in the classroom, transitioning out, and how is she continuing to fulfill her passion outside of the classroom. So today's guest is Nadine. Nadine, how are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. So tell us a little bit about how you began your journey as an educator. And unlike me, you had an opportunity to teach in another country. So tell us how you got started. Okay, so um, I started my teaching journey in Jamaica. I'm, I'm originally from Jamaica. Um, and so my teaching uh journey started there are no one else in my family that our teacher is anybody else in my family they have even they've either um chosen the medical field um so i'm pretty much the only educator and my passion for wanting to get into teaching started from my um my kindergarten teacher miss allen i remember her she was such a caring loving teacher she would hold our hands whenever we would be crossing the street and everything and so it was just something about her that I just really really loved and I said okay well I want to become a teacher and so from then on I always wanted to be a teacher but I also like business and so I was kind of you know trying to see did I want to go into business did I want to go into teaching so I kind of combined both of them (laughs) and so I became a, a business education teacher and so my first year of teaching was um I taught ninth through twelfth grade students um business education. I taught him accounting and I taught um principles of business, uh typewriting, you know, when you used to type on those little typewriters that you have to just like <laughs> Yeah. So that was um that was my um that was two thousand and two. Um that was my first year and I enjoyed it. It was exciting. We would go on field trips and stuff like that at the end of the school year. So it was very exciting. Um and uh, then I uh migrated. I migrated to the United States and um I I could not work as a, a full-time um educator then, so I worked part-time. So I would work part-time and then I would have another job 
Um, and, you know, I was excited and everything. And I worked on getting my certification here, like getting everything together. And so I worked part time and then I went into Head Start. So I worked at Head Start uh, early childhood for five years. I worked in an alternative school. And then I went back into the, you know, the public system um, and I kept on going. So uh, it would have been 21 years that I've been, you know, in education and I love it. You know, I love being an educator, but um, there was just something I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to do. I wanted to stay in education, but then it was just something pushing me. I wanted to do something else besides um, because I found that my my own child, he was struggling with, um, you know, with some content like math and stuff. Um, and then, two, I found that, you know, I, I was working with, with in special education and I felt like there was there was a lot of things that needed, you know, parents needed to know about educators needed to know about so I found another passion in wanting to educate educators and educate parents about you know students and how the struggles that students go through you know the traumatic struggles that they go through and how those things can affect them um, academically affect them behaviorally and so I found another passion in in in, in doing that um, so that's what that's where I am now. That's what I'm pursuing. Um, I'm still educating, <laughs> but I'm educating in a different way. And my passion has not changed for working in, um, you know, working and educating. That has not changed. So I'm, I'm still doing that. Thank you for sharing that. You had quite a journey. And I noticed that you said you're still passionate about education. You're still um educating you know even though it's not going to be in a classroom and, and later on you're going to tell us a little bit about what you're doing now but I wanted to make that point because oftentimes people share that um, when teachers leave the classroom or leave the educational field that they're disgruntled that they're upset about something that it was a negative experience and I know that those experiences happen and they are valid but that's not always the case and that's the purpose of my my podcast. I want to use this platform to share various experiences and shed a light on what challenges teachers face as well as what joys they have and let people know it's okay to do something you love and still choose to leave that for something you love a little bit more. Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I, um, you know, people might say, well, you hate it. No, I love it. I love education. I love that. That, that, that's in my blood. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, so it's not that, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still educating young children as well, but I'm doing it on my own time or on my own terms, basically. Okay. So, when you think about your experiences as a traditional classroom educator, what self-care habits or practices did you incorporate? Because you were you did it for 21 years. Yes, yes. And 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 I think um I had to put myself first. 
I've always been, um, you know, like just, just going and going and going and, and, and preparing lesson plans, preparing this for my students and just going and going and going and giving and giving and giving. But I wasn't really, sometimes I wasn't putting back into myself. And so you, 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 you just have that burn, those burnout moments when you're like, nah, I don't think I can. I really can't. So I've learned you know, to put myself first and to put boundaries. And sometimes I've, I've I've gotten to the point where, you know, I have to put timers on my phone. Like, you know, I'm going to stop here. When the timer goes off, that's it. Wherever it is, that's it. But I had to come to that after many, many years because I was just pushing myself and saying, okay, well, I have to get this done. I have to make sure this is the, you know, so um, doing that, uh, eating well, um, trying to make sure that I get enough rest, exercising, putting myself first. And a lot of times educators, they're so in tune with trying to help others that we don't help ourselves. And, 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 and we're like, you know, we, we, we get into that, that, that mindset that I have to help this child. I have to help, but we have to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anybody else. Amen. Say that again. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> take care of yourself first and then you can take care of others. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then. You can take care of others, not not after you take care of others. So here's the thing. I had a girlfriend ask me once. She was a nurse. She was in a different helping profession. And she said, Martita, you just told me you get up at 530 in the morning. And she said, you work at a school that five minutes away from your house. She said, why are you waking up that time of morning? It's not like you have a job. I said, I have to get my mind right. Mm-hmm. I have to get my mind right. And she had the biggest laugh. I'm like, you don't understand. If I don't take care of me before I get in the school building, then I can't do anything for anybody else once I'm there. If I, if you know, that saying, um, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's like if I don't take care of myself. So I had a routine and I still incorporate that routine today. I read a book by Hal Elrod called The Miracle Morning. And I'm going to include that book in the show notes for those of you who are interested in it, or you could just go to Amazon or Google and and, and find it. But it's a good read. Hal Elrod outlines six activities that we can do to create what he calls the miracle morning. And it's the acronym SAVERS. So the F is for silence. Usually you could pray, meditate, just sit in the quietness. Uh, A is for affirmations. So repeating your affirmations. Um, and you can learn how to write your affirmations. He helps you with that. As a coach, I also help with that too. <laughs> the V is for visualization. So you can visualize, you know, going throughout your day. And I would even take it a step further. Um, as a goal-oriented person, I would think about bigger projects I'm working on and I would visualize myself going through the tasks for those projects and those activities, as well as the finish, the the celebration, the success that came along with it. So I would visualize my day, but I would also visualize other things that I had going on, whether I was doing activities for those things or not that day, because I had to see me win before I can make it a reality. All right. So that's B. 
E is for exercise. Now, to be honest, I have exercised quite a bit in my life, but I've never really been fond of it. But by working through the Miracle Morning, yeah, working through the Miracle Morning, I started like speed dating different different activities for exercise. So some days it's high intensity workout. Some days it's like a low impact workout. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it was walking. Sometimes it was stretching. Sometimes it was weight bearing or toning. But whatever it was, I had to do some type of exercise. All right. And another part of it, y'all, the R is for reading. So I would do Bible reading. I may have had a personal development book that I would read, um, but I would spend about 10, 15 minutes reading. And then S is for scribe. So the, the S would allow me to journal, write my thoughts and emotions down. Um, working through different things that I just needed the time to kind of process and, and write. Um, so that's that's the acronym from Hal Elrod. That's Savers. For more details, please check out that book. It's a really great read. And that's what helped me get my mind right, so to speak, before I went into the classroom. And before then, I didn't really have a plan. Like I would get up, do my makeup, listen to music. Mm-hmm or listen to an audio book, I would pray, but that was about it. But when I, when I was exposed to that Miracle Morning book, it gave me a track to run on, so to speak. It gave me a roadmap on how to implement self-care and fill my cup before I went to work. And it made a world of difference. Um, I even had a coworker stop me and say one day, she's like, you're, you just seem more at peace while you're here. Like, what are you doing differently? <laughs> I said because I have to start my morning right and so to your point Nadine a lot of times as teachers we're like oh my goodness I got to write these lesson plans I got to create the assessments I got to prepare this um for tomorrow I got to stay late I got to go early I got to do this and do that yeah it it happens and I'm like you I had to learn to set a timer so during the last um few years of teaching in the pandemic that's when I realized I better go home Number one, because um, when we went back into the building in 2020, they had to have everyone out of the building at a certain time so that everything could be sanitized more thoroughly. And so it forced me out of the building at a certain time. So I would set my timer. And like you said, if it's not done when the timer goes off, that's it. It's not coming home. That was step number two. I had to learn to stop bringing homework. Because that was cutting into family time, personal time, and time for my other priorities because I was bringing it home. And one thing that um, really helped me with that was I had to be real with myself and be honest with myself. I knew that it was going to stay in that bag the whole weekend or the whole evening. Why bring a heavy bag just to sit there? Just leave it, leave it there. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I heard, I heard someone say this. I, I, I think I read it somewhere where they said teaching is one of the only professions where you work before work. Yep. And you're working after work. Yep. So you know, it was always that, like you're working seven days a week, basically, and you yeah. know, you're not, you're not being paid for those seven days a week. So yeah, I had to, I had to set those boundaries and set those limits. Absolutely. Yeah. And those boundaries are key. And even when it comes to like serving on different committees, now sometimes, you know, like we have to supervise extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. you know, but 
there's like like I was I would advise someone if they set a minimum like don't go more don't do more than the minimum like right. if you're just doing if they say okay supervise these two activities then supervise those two don't don't go back for two more right. and I know that that can be difficult when you have a coworker that says okay this is going on my child is sick or whatever the situation is and they need somebody to cover for them like they need to teach them how to ask somebody else Right. And that was a lesson. That was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. So that's why I'm saying this from experience. Like, you know, it's it's good to want to help people, but you got to know what your personal limits are. Right. You got to know what your boundaries are. Yeah, and another thing on that too, you have to be very careful because sometimes when you are, you know, that you have some coworkers that will make you feel guilty. If you're not extending yourself, like you're not taking this on and you're not taking that on, they will make you feel guilty. Or let's say you have a a child that's sick or you might have gotten sick and you take a little time for yourself. That You know, when you come back, like, oh, you're back. Yeah, I had to take care of myself. So you have those 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 individuals too that will make you feel guilty for wanting to take care of yourself or take care of your loved ones if they're sick. So you have to be very mindful and be you know you know be very mindful of stuff like that as well. Yeah, that's that's true, and I call that gaslighting. You know, (laughs) gaslighting occurs. Yeah, so if if they're in the school building, sometimes they may not have their own boundaries figured out yet regarding, um, you know, how often they will work outside their contractual hours and what they'll do. And it's easy to project what one person wants onto another person or think that there's this universal expectation. And a lot of times people say, well, oh, teaching is so noble because teachers sacrifice so much and Teachers don't get paid a whole lot and they do a whole lot of work. Yeah, we, we hear that and we're tired of hearing that. <laughs> right. Teachers right. and former teachers alike. And yeah. number, number two, when you are in the trenches, like, I wouldn't recommend um, falling into the hype that we have to burn out for the sake of right. our students, our school, our district, our education as a whole. And when a person is on the outside looking in, they really know. They don't really know. They don't have the full story. They don't have the full picture. And it's easy to assume, right? So right. when people when people um, express gaslighting phrases um, onto teachers, like, well, you know, it's part of your job. You knew what you were signing up for. Actually, no, I didn't. Not that part. Well, and I'll be honest, I was one of those people, like, I I love teaching, I wanted to be a teacher, I, I loved English, let's be clear, I really wanted to be a writer, and I chose to be an English teacher, because for some reason, I had the idea that I could write my book during the summertime, yeah, that didn't happen, fast forward, I transitioned out of teaching and started coaching, and I started a blog, mm-hmm. so I took the scenic route to becoming a writer, but here's the thing, like, with teaching I thought that my summers would be mine mm-hmm. uh, so to speak but what I realized after so my first year everything felt like you know okay let me figure this out let me figure this out but I kept going back um I told a friend of mine I said it's like getting on a roller coaster 
Mm-hmm. And you're on this roller coaster and you're turned upside down and you're you're spinning around, you're sideways and all these things. And you're thinking, man, if I ever survive this, I will never get back on this ride again. And then you get off and you get amnesia. Yeah. You go get right back on. Right on back. And, and I said, that's what teaching felt like for me. I loved it. You know, there were moments that I enjoyed. There were moments that I loved. And I am not bashing the education profession. That's not the purpose of this con- this podcast. That's not the purpose of any of the conversations I have um, with my guests or in my solo episodes. But it's just, you know, we have to really share our perspective and insights because mm-hmm. people may not realize that they're gaslighting or being gaslit. And when you are unaware, you can do nothing about it. But when you are conscious of it, you have to learn to advocate for yourself and set boundaries. So that was the purpose of me saying all that. Um, you know, like I I love certain aspects of it. I I miss working with some students the most. I miss some coworkers the most. And um, I don't miss the work. <laughs> That's where people ask me like, oh, don't you want to come back? Like, I don't miss the work because it was a lot, a lot of work. When I said I thought my summers would be mine, you know, that I was spending summertime in professional development, um, going to different conferences and preparing for the upcoming school year. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was just sitting back on a beach, you know, I did have like moments to enjoy. Which is know, our dream, that. which is our dream as educators. You know, exactly. we want to be off. <laughs> we be off, but, but you do a lot of work in the summer because you have to prepare for the upcoming year. Because if you only prepared for the upcoming year during your contractual hours, mm-hmm. then any um, reputable, good educator knows that you would be doing yourself and your students a disservice. Yeah. So I think one of the things um, is that we need to we, we need to stop normalizing burnouts. Oh, you know, yeah. We're overworking yourself and being burnt out. We need to stop normalizing that because um I was I was looking at this um you know some videos from this this um psychiatrist. He was saying that one of the things that um school districts need to make sure that they do in order to help help the the, the school environment is to take care of teachers. And Amen. taking care of teachers means um, helping them to, to prevent burnout because when teachers are burnout, they're not going to function at their best. So we, you know, stop not normalizing this burnout as being, if you're, if you're not burnout, then you're not doing a good job. You know, right. if you're not burnout, then you're not doing a good job. We need to stop normalizing that because that's not true. That's right. And if, and to the opposite, if you are burnt out, that means that you're not able to do a good job. There you go. Because you have that nothing part. left to give. I was listening to a uh, another podcast, Ken Coleman, and I really want to shout him out because he created a um, get clear assessment, which helped me gain clarity about what I would like to do. At that moment, my goal was, if I leave the classroom, what would I do? Because I wasn't clear. I, I didn't know what to do. So. With Ken Coleman, I was listening to his podcast, and you would not believe how many teachers would call in and say, I'm just burned out. I don't, I, don't, I want to do something else. I don't know what to do. I want to serve my kids, but I, I can't go on. 
and I'm just burned out. And one thing he said is, you know, your light may be dimming, but you're not burned out because you're not burned out until you, you know, expired. Right. <laughs> you know, so I love the way he put that, but the rest of the world uses that term burnout. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's what a lot of us experience or have experienced mm-hmm. it. And if a person hasn't experienced it, it's because I hate to say it like this, but I, I think I just need to call it for what it is. If a person is in education, but they haven't experienced a moment or any episodes of what's termed as burnout, then are they really teaching? Because, because that's part of it. Yeah, but true. And I think that that goes like for just about any vocation or profession, mm-hmm. right? But I know in education, you have to manage a classroom of about 30 people typically and you have to manage not only their education but their social and emotional development Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're coming to you with different challenges they're coming to you with their different problems Mm -hmm. and they don't have the tools skills and resources to cope with that and you're trying to provide them with that while also give them content right and you're you're disciplining and you're recording and praising and you're meeting accommodations and you're you're you know sometimes having to make sure that they ate Mm -hmm. uh, depending on what other challenges they have you got to get them in clean clothes you know Mm -hmm. it's a lot yes it's a lot it's not like the kids show up and they're just ready to learn right because you have a lot of hoops and hurdles to go through and another part about that is um as a as a younger teacher, I was disillusioned into thinking, okay, well, I'm working with high schoolers, so they mm-hmm. haven't figured out together. No, they don't. <laughs> they're, they're teenagers. Like, yeah. I think because I'm thinking, you know, like I know I don't want middle school. Like, there's a special place um, for middle school teachers because I don't know how they do it. Like, shout out to my sister; she taught middle school, and I was like, I could never. Like I literally could That's not. That's a struggle. <laughs> I could not. Elementary teachers, and I'm thinking, like I'm like y'all, like the little people. No, I I could not. So I made the the choice, like you know what, high school's where I want to be, and I loved high school. I excelled with teaching high school students, but I had to remember, you know, they still are kids, no matter mm-hmm. how old or young they are. They're still kids, and kids will be kids yeah and with that being said if they haven't been taught how to manage their emotions or themselves or or how to self-regulate how to be disciplined Mm -hmm. and all that you know it's part of your job to teach yes and so that sometimes can lead to teachers feeling excess excess stress and burnout um because you're not just teaching your content You're not just teaching a grade level. You are teaching so many other different things that are not in your job description. The life skills. The life skills. There (laughs) you go. And and these students need that. And I think sometimes with some of our students, that's what they remember the most. That's what they benefit from the most. Like they could probably care less that the mitochondria is the powerhouse (laughs) of a cell. But if you taught them how to 
do something applicable to their life, not down the road, but their life in that moment, their life Mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they experiencing during the time period that they're in your classroom? Yeah, they they may need some things for the workforce or uh, furthering their education. And that's cool. But if you can teach them something that they can uh, apply in that moment, it's more useful to them. And so as educators, a lot of us were like, bringing in popular references like what are the kids into what games are they playing what's what's trending on social media what Mm -hmm. what, uh, music are they listening to you know and trying to figure out how can I make this relevant to them right now right so when you are extending yourself in that way for your students it's easy to feel burnout tired more often right so to your point we have to talk about self-care yes we have to talk about you know taking that time for you um i i love this time mental health days mm-hmm. and and to any um new teachers who are who are listening to any veteran teachers who are listening uh, take your mental health days. Don't just let these days um, sit there. I know some districts let them roll over. Mm-hmm. The policies are in your district, but if those personal and sick days are there for you, there are a lot of for you to take care of yourself. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do that. Like fill out whatever paperwork. I, and there's a joke. Like it's easier to just go to work than to create the sub plans and find a sub <laughs> and all that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, here's here's my here's my tip. In advance, like I know we're on summer summer, depending on where you live in the country, you may be prepared to go back to school within the next four or five weeks. And depending on where you live in the country, you all just got out in the past two to three weeks. So at some point, take a moment and create what I call like your emergency plan or mm-hmm. your sub your sub file, your sub sub or whatever. Get that figured out before school starts. <laughs> There's AI technology that can help. And we all know about teachers, pay teachers. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, you may have had some excellent sub plans that worked in the past. Like, we don't throw, I, I know at least I didn't throw away anything as an educator. Like, recycle that, find other things, whatever. But create those sub plans so that when those sick days happen, because we do get sick. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. get sick when we're out on break in summer vacation. You know, not all the time, at least, or whatever. We can't plan when we're going to get sick. Exactly. We can't plan when we need a mental health day and when things come up or our kids or our spouse or other relatives need us. We can't plan for some of this stuff. It's just life. So have those sub plans. It can help save your sanity in the long run so you're not trying to compromise yourself and your mental health, your physical health. Your, your stress level trying to show up anyway right like, that's not noble it's not noble to be a martyr like that you gotta well unfortunately some people think that but you know it's not it's absolutely not you have to take care of yourself yeah. so that you can take care of those babies <laughs> yes yes because um when you're out on extended leave like i was in a situation where that was the case when you're, they have substitutes. Yeah. 
and and thankfully the educational system is one of those professions that does have somebody who can uh, be there for you in your absence. You know, the school will not fall apart because you took a day to take care of yourself. It'll be okay. Things will things will work out. It will. <laughs> but you you got to take care of you because you are your priority. Um, I just and, and that's my soapbox. I know, I know. I talk about that. I, I just, I just feel like it has to be said, and it has to be said more often until more of us start to get it. Because some of us learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us learn the hard way. Um, <laughs> so before we wrap up, Nadine, what are you doing now that you transition? Like we talked, we spent a lot of time talking about self-care and boundaries and all of that good stuff. We talked about your journey when you first began, but what are you doing now since you transitioned out of the classroom? You say you're still teaching, you're still helping people, you're still working with kids and families. So what do you do now? And how can people uh, reach out to you if they um, need to utilize what you have to offer? Okay, so um, what I'm doing now, I am basically I'm educating parents and educators as well um, on how trauma affects um, the environment, the learning environment, um, how it affects students academically and behaviorally. And so um, that is that is what I'm working on, um, providing education and professional development, um, as well as with the um, individualized education plan. that is my passion, special education. And so I work with parents and educators as well, educating them on that um, and how to, um, you know, kind of incorporate trauma sensitive practices in, in 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 the individualized education plan. And so that's what I'm working on now. I'm still working with um, with with um, instructing or educating um, students, but I'm doing that, like I mentioned, on my own terms right now. And um, so my, my, my focus is on um, the professional development of educators and parents. Um, and so I, I launched my own business. Um, so my business is um, High Quality Educational Services, LLC. So I always wanted to incorporate business in my business. <laughs> So um see, I see, I so that's see. what I'm doing right. So that's what I'm doing right now. And um you if you if you want to get in contact with me, if you want to work with me or anything, um you can you can follow me on any of my platform, Instagram, uh Facebook, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um I'm on TikTok as well. So if you want to get in contact with me, and I am um in the process of completing my my book. So it's going to be on Amazon as well. I'm in the process of that trauma and how trauma affects us, my own personal experience, as well as how trauma can transcend generations. I'm working on that. So it's going to be available on Amazon. Um, So, yes, so I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm still educating. I'm always going to be an educator. I mean, I'm always going to be one. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm taking care of me. I'm putting me first and, and taking care of my mental health, taking care of my physical health um, so that I can help others. Yes, yes, love it. And I'm going to include your contact info in the show notes so that our listeners can access that and be able to um, utilize your website and your resources. Yes. They can find you on social media and partner with you because I know that you are working with uh, families and I think some mm-hmm. schools. I think I yes. saw that as yes. well. Yes, 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 yes. 
you know, and and wow, and that's a whole different topic about how <laughs> trauma affects us. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other. But I want to be respectful of your time. And um, before we wrap up, what advice would you give to teachers who are new to the profession um, or and are um, veteran educators about um, transitioning out of the classroom or choosing to stay in education? Just what advice would you give someone who um, may be unsure or who may um, have the thought that they might transition? What would you say? Okay. Well, my advice would be um, if you decide to stay, because teachers aren't necessary to be in the classroom, if you decide to stay, make sure you're staying for the right reasons. Um, don't feel as if I have to, I must, and then you're, you're, you're crippling yourself. So if it's if it's something that you feel like, OK, I, um, you know, I have no choice, that that's not a reason to stay feeling that I have no choice but to stay. That That's definitely not a reason to stay. Um, if you feel like, well, you know, you can you can handle the workload, you can handle you, you can, you know, handle what's going on, then, yeah, by all means, go ahead and stay. But my advice would be make sure that you set boundaries, make sure that you set boundaries. You want to work hard. True enough, but you also want to set boundaries and you want to make yourself a priority because if you don't, eventually you, you're going to quit because you're going to, you're going to burn out. So, you know, that's my advice. And if you are decide, if you have decided, okay, well, I need to be out of here. I need to trans, it, it is going to be scary because <laughs> trust yeah. me, it is going to be scary it because is. change is. is scary, but make sure you know exactly where what you're going to be doing make sure you have an idea of what you're going to be doing make sure it's something that you're passionate about that you're going to be doing if you are deciding to transition and don't feel guilty do not allow anyone to make you feel guilty if that is what you want to do don't let them put you on a guilt trip if that's what you want to do make sure that you have you, you know your your priorities together and then you know take your time and do it yep that's it wow couldn't have said it better my <laughs> Nadine, I want to thank you for being my guest today and sharing your journey as an educator and how you transitioned um, out of the classroom, out of the educational uh, system in a traditional way to provide a well-needed service to families and schools, helping parents and children, because um, being informed about trauma and how it impacts a child's education is so essential mm -hmm. and the work you do is very important um and once again how to get in touch with nadine will be in the show notes how to be able to contact me as well will be in the show notes if you are considering your personal transition out of the classroom i would love to work with you help you overcome any limiting beliefs that might be holding you back making you feel stuck showing you how to practice self-care as well as set boundaries so that you can make that transition. Or if you're choosing to stay in your profession, how you can continue to do those things in order to thrive. I have been your host on the Why I Quit Teaching podcast. This is Martita Robbins, MED, a former educator turned life coach 
And I just want to remind you, whatever you choose to do, take care of yourself. To be a featured guest on this particular podcast, please send an email to martita at askmartitarobbins.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-T-A at A-S-K-M-A-R-T-I-T-A-R-O-B-B-I-N-S.com. We'd love to feature you in your story. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Why I Quit Teaching Podcast. If you love this episode, be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review, and share the inspiration with fellow educators who are ready to take on their personal transformation and transition to passion. Until next time, remember, self-care is soul care. <laughs>